You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. And I'm your host, Damien Perdue, your guide on this audio ride of conspiratorial delights. And of course, I'm joined by Polly C. Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> there it is. There it is. Shouting from the background. Yep. <laughs> From my people in the back. I had to catch up. Where you at? <laughs> I had to run to the front of the bus. Hold on. And today the C stands for Westphalian. Wait, oh, wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes, because we're going to talk. You know what? I just thought I want to ask a question. What's the deal with the New World Order? What is the deal with the New yeah, World Yeah, what happened to it? That's what I want to know. Is it still happening? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it still happening? Did it fail? Or are we living in it? These are the questions I need answers to, people. And I, I really, I was originally going to do the, do the show on The Great Reset, which I've talked a little bit on the show about, which was a, uh, a concept. Remember back a couple, you know, what was it, going on four years ago? There was this thing that happened to everybody. Uh, a lot of people got sick. Talking about the COVID <laughs> pandemic? Okay. <Yeah. laughs> it was during this uh, COVID pandemic of 2020 that the, uh, the World Economic Forum, you know, Davos, all the rich elites, mm-hmm. and uh, the founder and, and leader, the very... James Bond villainous esque Klaus Schwab. Do you know this guy? Yeah, look uh, not him up. Really, I'm he not, actually yeah. looks more like Austin Powers supervillain. Okay, um, he is. He is. What's dis- the difference? <laughs> He's more cartoony than yes, a Bond villain. Yes, okay. he is. He's a little more cartoony, and he talks like this, Klaus Schwab. And he came up with. Uh, you know, they always every every year they have these different concepts, right? Different yeah. agendas, their agendas. And the one was called The Great Reset in 2020 because they were like, oh, now we can reset capitalism because of COVID. And I always kind of wanted to do a show on that, but it's, I don't know if it's uh, apropos as much right now, although it still is a program they're kind of working on. Okay. But I, th- I think it draws parallels. There, obviously, there was tons of uh, conspiracies that surrounded it once it came, you know, came to light. They actually, he wrote a book uh, about COVID and everything that, you know, that the Great Reset would be a part of. Um, and, of course, there were tons of conspiracies that would come along with that, which we'll get into. But it, always, the parallel of it and just the World Economic Forum in general to the New World Order kind of fascinates me. And... I was just think about it just made me think, well, maybe a broader kind of uh, general show topic would be like what happens in the world order. Is it something that's still happening? Where are we headed, mm-hmm. especially with like AI, robotics, biometric scanning, surveillance systems? Is it already happened? Are we living in it? 
but also the differences between what the New World Order concepts were, especially conspiratorial thinking-wise, versus what's happening now, and which that would be... New World Order generally was, you know, one world government, totalitarian, you know, control everyone, a secret cabal running the world. Although, really, it's like a bunch of cabals running a bunch of different stuff, and mm-hmm. fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's it's more of like a corporate, the corporate world order that's kind of taking taking the new uh, the new helm. <laughs> and I just thought about well, you know, when growing up, the new world order was kind of you know like a hot topic. Right. Yeah. Just to think about that, you know, I, I definitely was into it, you know, especially you read 1984, you read Brave New World and all these kind of books about dystopian futures and authoritative governments and putting, you know, tracking chips and people making everybody take pills for everything. None of that happens now, though. <laughs> no, no, all that just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I think the world sorted itself out after World War II. You know, honestly, okay. you know, there's, there's, like, there's no major wars. So yeah. I think everybody just got along, right? That's true. And, yeah. That's totally what happened. I mean, the Cold War was just like, come on. It's just it like wasn't show- even a real war. Yeah, it's like they're showing off the, the Price is Right showcases to see who had the better one. It wasn't any, you know. It's all just uh, who's, a time of peace. who's got the bigger yeah. missile. That's all it was. But it's in a way, though, it's true, like what you're talking about um, as far as the way they present it to us. Yeah, because I was thinking about that as well. You have the kind of conspiracy of the New World Order, but then you actually have politicians and, you know, dictators, presidents, men of power that utilize that name. Right. Mm -hmm. This has been I think it was uh, Eisenhower, I believe, or I think it was Eisenhower Truman that use the New World Order, but in terms of, like, the Nazis, right? Like, they had this New World Order plan that they were going to implement. And then in the 90s, when in, in 1990, you had George Bush used it in his speech, you know, the, the New World Order. And what he was talking about was more about kind of America leading the charge of this New World Order, this new paradigm shift, you know, in globalism and multinationalism. And now it's become more of, like, multi-corporate, Elism, okay. nationalism, and but every couple of years you get somebody who uses utilizes that phrase or or a similar kind of one. Even Biden said it in uh, I think it was last month. He said something about a new new global order. Uh, totally, yeah, mixing Just up a little rebranding, bit. A little rebranding. Bit. <laughs> you know, it's like they did new with UFOs. Global. Now yeah. they're UAPs, right? Yeah. You know. And then that's when you get like the, I love well, the doesn't uh, global sound more encompassing, you know, like like you say yeah. world and it's like, eh, but you say global and you really oh, our little planet right. that we want to give a little hug to, you <laughs> totally. know, and I th- and it could be, um, you know, part of the globalist plot. That's what it is, man. <laughs> See, you said global. Um, but it's interesting that that what I was looking stuff up. And basically, they did have this kind of in the 80s, 90s, this thing where it was going to be, you know, the world's heading towards, you know, globalism. We're all trading with each other and we're all getting along post-Cold War, like you said. But then now we're, everything's kind of getting fragmented again. Mm-hmm. You know, the authoritarianism is on the rise. 
you know, uh, you got big tech versus a big oil and all these different, you know, green energy versus the old energy. And you have like kind of conflicting fighting powers. That's why I said it's like you have different cabals. It's not mm-hmm. really just one. You have yeah. like a bunch yeah. and they're like fighting with each other. I'm still trying to figure out. And then you have like, of course, like the military industrial complex was just, they don't even need to like answer to any of those cabals. <laughs> yeah. just, but at the same time, they're kind of like neutered because it's not like the military is really running any country. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are some dictatorships out there, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and what it ties into you know, the military like, just can't up and just start being like, oh, well, forget that. You know, we'll just yeah. show our dominance. Right. You know? But it does tie in. But if you separate the military part from it, it does tie into the corporate global governance part where like it's the majority of the money you know, military spending goes towards weapons manufacturers, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the private industry. Yeah, where are they giving the contracts to who's yeah, benefiting from exactly. that? Yeah. You know, and you get like and all the the kind of uh the revolving door of generals and the money that floats, you know, it's like, hey, we give this amount to Ukraine or whatever, but it, really it's going back towards a lot of US corporations to produce manufacture these weapons, which are kind of our biggest export. But that's that's a, that's kind of a part of it, but it's another aspect which it, it seems to be a confliction between a lot of the groups in the World Economic Forum, which is a lot of uh, big tech, big oil, big pharma, like a lot of these major industries that are and governments and non-government organizations that work, you know, work together, quote unquote. Uh, but I never really see any of the like military weapons manufacturers involved in that kind of like they have their own kind of thing going on okay which they do if you yeah. ever there's actually a really good vice documentary called uh um it's just sofex it's it's like not really a documentary it's a 20 minute piece where they go to sofex which is this huge arms trading it, it's it's essentially like the auto show that happens here in Chicago, okay. but for weapons. Okay, so it's yeah. that ridiculous. Like yeah, there's they show like what's what what's hot in the yeah. The, the, they walk up and there's yeah. like billboards for look at the latest drone. Yeah, and there's yeah. like women holding machine guns, walking around like models and stuff, and uh, <laughs> it's like just selling all these weapons. And then there's literally like a room filled with generals from all these different countries. <laughs> And they're like even like warring countries are like they're sitting next to each other and they're bidding on. Ooh, yes, ooh. that looks. I like that missile. But so they do have their own little version <laughs> like, of that. Darn! I wanted the uh, the neuro laser. <laughs> yeah. He like, bought all he of those. Bought it. I can't wait to see what it does on the battlefield. Right. Though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's it's but some of it's really like spooky when you get into that. But that's a whole other. I'm not even, you know, I just wanted to bring it up, but that's not kind of really like I'm not trying to get down into the military aspect of, sure, you know, that's a whole other show that we could do. But uh, before we get into some of the other stuff I want to talk about, let's take a phone call. We got Jim. Jim, what's going on? Hi, guys. The history of capitalism, I think, is fizzling out. I don't know when it started, but if you look at it historically, you look at the intellectuals today and they go, no, this this can't go on forever. There's this, this version of capitalism that we're under mm-hmm. at this point, that the human race is under. There has to be a better way. There has to be something you invent. But I was going to say about the New World Order, which is really strange indeed. How would you identify if you were in that particular order? Would you, like, if you notice, people since they got, 
uh, armed and fought each other. They usually wore uniforms that were identified by uh, some kind of a outfit, you know, yeah. like uh, they picked an outfit, a color, a hat, or something. You know, we, yeah. you knew you were fighting the right side. Yeah. So, I mean, in the New World Order, would we, we you think... We, we have to go to the department store and figure out or the goodwill store what we're going to wear. Yeah, right. You know, so we can identify each other on the street. We don't kill the wrong, you know, we don't kill the wrong person in the wrong order. Yeah. Anyway, you know, but uh, great topic because it is nuts. It's as nuts as you can get. Anyway, you guys have a great weekend. Thank hey, you. Thanks, Jim. No, and he brought, he actually brought up a point um, that I was going to talk about too about the capitalism, you know, we're kind of in the late stage capitalism, is capitalism dead? And that's what uh, a lot of, if you look up these meetings at Davos, the World Economic Forum, a lot of what they talk about is like capitalism being dead. Like it's, we have to usher in a new age. And there's, uh, I was reading an article with- Why do you suppose that is though? Because they're trying to figure out other ways to make money. <laughs> but do you, do you think it's for them, or do you think it's just the, the world? Th- the world can't work, you know. Because it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, why? Why would a rich person not want capitalism? You know, like, I, wouldn't that be? It benefits the rich mostly, mm-hmm. so there's got to be some sort of grander thing. Like, it's inconvenient to them for some reason. Yeah, which is interesting because I was reading an article. Um, it's the billionaire co CEO of Salesforce. And the owner of Time Magazine, okay, uh, Mark hey, Benny, wasn't, uh, Benioff. Did, didn't Benioff. Uh, Taylor Swift? Isn't she like the Time Person of the Year? <laughs> I think yeah, she's a capitalist. No, I'm just saying. I oh, just, maybe no, I, don't I, know. I know that that was polarizing to some people, and it's like, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't. I feel like Time Magazine is not, you know, like the journalistic yeah. pillar that it was like 80, yeah. 80 90 years. Yeah. This ain't your great grandfather's exactly, Time right. Magazine. <laughs> You know, it's interesting you brought up, t- well, the time got brought up because I did read this, you know, looking up things about this topic. And I saw this and I was just looking up, you know, um, our corporations taking over the world. Right. And there was an article in Time magazine about. Yes, but it's good. <laughs> brought to you by. Uh, well, who is it now? The AOL Time Warner. Uh, I was just told who it was that uh, bought all that or the the CBS uh, Paramount. uh all that family. Oh, yeah. Uh, former Viacom, you know, whatever right, syndicate. Right. What syndicate is that? Comcast yeah, right, or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's a Disney. different one. That's a di- well, that's a different one altogether. Okay, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. But this guy, he was talking about, um, he did a, he was speaking at the World Economic Forum. Mark Mark Benioff was the CEO of Salesforce. And, and he was talking about, you know, capitalism as we know it is dead. And it's time for a new form of capitalism that focuses more on societal good. Right. Mm -hmm. That new kind of capitalism that is going to emerge is not the Milton Friedman capitalism. That's just about making money. He added, if your orientation is just about making money, I don't think you're going to hang out very long as a CEO or founder of a company. You have to be more than that in today's world. And so there you go. And he's a billionaire and he made all his money from capitalism, but he wants to change capitalism. Now, there is also conflicting kind of opinions depending on who you look up if it's from coming from the left or coming from the right you have a lot of people on the right side who call this woke capitalism and they think you know oh yeah if you don't if you don't but i thought if you go woke you go broke <laughs> well it's a, well it is well 
Yeah, I don't know. Because so, <laughs> according to some articles I read, it said if you don't go woke, then you're going to get canceled and your company is not going to make any money. I think it depends on what you're making, what you're saying, for sure. and, and what market you're selling to. Well, I think it's also just a it's a way to uh, – it's kind of a form of propaganda. You know what I mean? If you're anti-socialism, if you're anti-wokeness or whatever, you're going to take the information coming from these you know uh, forums – and you're going to present it as, look, they're trying to impose communism on us. And that's what I was talking about. You have the conspiracies. You have the facts. What's really happening? Let's dive into it. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you want to give us a call, go ahead. You know the number. It is 773-763-WCPT-773-763-9278. And we'll be back with more Think Theory Radio right after this. Get up on your little 21-inch screen and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, min and max solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. Yep, he said it right there. The corporations are the nations. Which is interesting. I mean, that's that's from the movie Network. He goes on saying the world is a college of corporations, too. I mean, we could have oh, yeah. gone out with yeah. that. You know, is he still going? He's a business, Mr. Beal. <laughs> world's a business, Mr. Beal. <laughs> perfect timing. It's Ned Beatty. I didn't yes. realize that, you know, it's been years since I've seen Network and oh, I knew yeah. he was in it. But it's I got to go back and watch that yeah, one. That is, yeah, I know. Very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, prophetic Maybe yeah. in a way. In 1976, 75? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's uh, it's interesting, too, when he talks about the you know corporations becoming nations. And you have corporations now which literally have whole cities. You have Google, Amazon, Nike that have their own infrastructures, that have their own public transportation, that have their own health systems, that literally have like – entire areas where people just live and they go to work and then that's it. And they never talk to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> the 15 minute city, man, they're going to keep us. No, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's like Chicago was kind of a, originally planned. It was like a 15 minute city, but with neighborhoods because each neighborhood was designed to be like a small town. Yeah. And it all fed into downtown, into the, into the downtown. Yeah. yeah. But it was all kind of like you could live and work in your own little neighborhood and you'd have your little your little mini downtown. And Well, they say Chicago's a collection of neighborhoods and it feels yeah. like that in certain parts. Oh, yeah. Especially where we're at. It's like I forget sometimes that it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're technically in Chicago. Yeah. But I, I mean, there's so many the neighborhoods side, that like you have. Park. Yeah. And you have like these kind of 
little I, I feel like here probably they used to be more like by Milwaukee and Lawrence like that probably was a hub of, of a lot of businesses and oh yeah well, with, with the six corners with Cicero and whatnot and down yeah, there yeah. too yeah for sure but that's Portage Park but yes yeah, but yeah. same thing you yeah, know, yeah. but you see what I'm getting at. You're talking down by the Foster and uh, Lawrence. No, right and all here, that. Lawrence. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. by the Veterans uh, Veterans Mall or whatever they yeah. call it. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, let's take a phone call. We got Dan and Lombard. What's going on, Dan? Hey, man. We got You know what we got to do right now? We got to get rid of that uh, Federal Reserve Bank and we we'll go back on the gold standard. I thought I'd just throw that out there as a random sort of crazy government <laughs> versus, versus money versus fiat currency is a thing. Well, you know the fiat federal, currency is a thing. You know the Federal Reserve operates out of London, man. It's not even American. Well, it's the Rothschilds. <laughs> we all know that. Um, you, know, you know the wokeness thing? I got, I got to tell you, the right-wing echo machine, you, you got to envy it, even though it it it. it 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 purports to it puts messages into the public realm that are absolutely toxic. Mm-hmm. Wokeism is another word for empathy. Yeah, and that's what. When, when, by the way, the term politically correct comes from where? If we, in my understanding, is if you didn't tow the party line in a totalitarian government, mm-hmm. you needed to be educated because you weren't politically correct. You were a heretic. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. The term politically correct has nothing to do with using the correct pronouns or the correct. It's actually a totalitarian oppressive thing that was done by the government. And again, political correctness is not using words that my grandparents used for different ethnic or racial groups. It's okay not to be a fool or a mean person or a jerk. It's okay. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob says it's Christmas. Don't be a jerk. Okay. Actually yeah. says something else in the original version. <laughs> My point is, I don't, I don't know how they get this done. I mean, I do, but it is so effective Yeah. to the point where people who are not politically astute, they are uninformed voters, uninformed you, you, I mean, you, you say to them, simple question, like, how many, how many justices in the Supreme Court? And they go, I don't know, 17, 12, mm-hmm. or random answers that they have nothing to do with the reality. Um, or, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not even talking. And so it, we were having a conversation at the time. They said, well, Dan, how many? It's like 12, right? I go, no, that's in a jury. It's nine. And I, I named them off. And they're like, you know their names? I said, well, there's only nine. Right. And you know, you, you know all the players on your football team, mm-hmm. right, by their number. And so they're like, oh, because this is my geekdom. And so my point is they get this stuff done. They get it in the public realm. But someone who is really not politically astute hears it enough, it becomes part of the the – political discourse of the great unwashed. I hate to be mean to them, but they just don't know. They're like, oh, well, that's woke. I go, well, do you know what woke is? They're like, um, uh, I mean, we had a Republican who was asked what woke was, and they couldn't tell you. Yeah. But we have people who use terms like 
I'm a conservative. Well, what does that mean? I know what it means. I know there's classical conservatism. There's neoliberalism. There's liberalism. There's, there's uh, you know, reactionaries. And there's, you know, uh, anarchists. There's all kinds of ways to describe these people. But I'm a conservative. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm fiscally conservative. What does that mean? Well, I don't want to spend more than we take in. Mm-hmm. And then I just ask, do you have a car loan? Well, yeah. Aren't you spending more than you take in? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, no, that's a car loan. I said, how about a mortgage? Do you own your house outright? Oh, no, we have a mortgage. I said, is that a debt? You spend more than you take in? Yeah. How about well, credit cards? No, you know, I, I mean, so, I think part of the problem, too, is that we live in this kind of pop culture society where yeah. we have terms like woke or wokeness um, that can be utilized in such a way to manipulate people like you're talking about because it's yeah. the phraseology that, that, that it takes away from the complexity of what's happening in society and it just creates something like a target, you know? Um, and I was, I can't remember the guy's name, but he essentially was the one that started to get all of the kind of right, the right wingers against critical race theory. And he was talking about how he literally was looking for something to use as bait or target to get people against. And he thought about using woke and wokeness, but he said, ah, it was too simple. So he found critical race theory and he was the one that originally started to write these articles about it. And then he got on, um, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson. And once he was on there, it just blew up. And now everyone's like, oh, critical race theory is like, it's horrible. And then they don't even know what it is. And it's like, and they think that it's being taught to all these kids. Like, no, this is a college course that was only being taught in certain places. You know what I mean? But it's these, these mostly law school. Yeah. But these certain, Certain phrases, it's easy to manipulate and get people like against it that don't even really know what it means. I got a kick out of the following. Uh, they, they, they use it against yourself, or but mostly like Obama is playing the race card. Mm-hmm. I said no. Obama's pointing out the race card. That's not playing the race card. Mm-hmm. So you know when someone says. Like when he said, I saw myself in Trayvon Martin. You know, yeah. I was a young black man who had certain rules that y- y'all don't have to live by. Mm-hmm. But I did. And everybody who was who never had to live by those rules or know anybody that did or didn't know there were those rules was like, well, that doesn't exist because I don't know about it. Now, you guys talk about stuff that blows my mind every week. <laughs> oh, okay. I, there, I mean, you know, string theory mm-hmm. and, and quant. I don't understand it, but what I understand is that there are people who do. And if I want to know about those things, I have to trust that it, it is almost a faith system. Quantum mechanics is, yeah, we can't kind of prove it, and yep. but it is a system of thought about, and the more we delve into it, right now I'm probably not talking to you. I'm, I might be a snail someplace. I don't know. <laughs> having a dream about talking to you on the radio. Well, I love and that. So, I love that. Uh, and I think it's true. I think you are a snail and we're all just thank uh, you. floating on the back of a turtle. But right. I got to let you go because we got to take some more phone calls. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've gone off the way off the rails. But, <laughs> you know, that's what this show's about, man. You guys have a great holiday if I don't talk to you. You too, man. We appreciate you, Dan. And let's go to uh, Ted and Bensonville. We got Ted. What's going on, Ted? 
Hey, buddies. Uh, I don't know. To you know, hey, in all kindness, dude, you contaminated this show talking politics. You know, this is a sacred hour to me. <laughs> but in any event, uh, you guys meant you, you guys mentioned you guys mentioned Ned Beatty earlier, and yeah, I always felt bad for Ned because you know, for all of the great cinematic uh, feats he had, I think we all just remember him for one thing, and that is squealing like a pig. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's another great movie. Deliverance. Yep. Yeah. That's all you want me to go into a big political no, thing, or should no, I just no, no. do it with my punch? Well, unless, see, okay. you can get into it, but we were, I was trying to talk really more about kind of uh, the comparison of, like, what people thought the New World Order is and how corporations are making it happen. So I know, I know it's not, it, we're not talking about bending time and everything, but, you know, I got to switch it up every once in a while. I wasn't really talking about it. Just that it's fine. Hey, you know, anything goes on your show. It's great. But, you know, you hear that all day long. You know? okay. Oh, goodness. Well, I hope to long. at least all offer right. a different You guys angle. are the best. All right. Thanks, Ted. Yep, that's true. But, but, you know, they'll bring it back on you. You know Uh-oh. what I mean? All right. All right. I'll try to keep it. Keep Later. It. I'll try to keep it in the thing. Hey, you do it. Hey, you know. Hey, I, hey, I'm the fan. You're the entertainer. You do your thing, and I'll listen to it. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks Ted. Ted. Appreciate it. But you know, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't be here. That's true. So we yeah. gotta, you know, we gotta kind of keep. I listen grounded. to yeah. our fans. Yep. You know what I mean. But of course, if you're going to talk politics on this show, it's always going to be kind of taken with a grain of salt or tongue in cheek. Or yes, and of you course, know, you know, I mean, I could talk about how you know. The the global elite is some, you know, reptilians that live underground and they're utilizing, you know, <laughs> we could go that route, could go that route, which is actually uh, interesting about, you know, I brought up talking about the New World Order and the Great Reset, because there are some commonalities between the kind of wild conspiracy theories uh, between both. Right. So like. There's obviously the kind of, I don't know if you want to call it benign, but the kind of regular mainstream thought of the New World Order, where it's just, you know, governments trying to make a one world government. But then you get into the kind of hyper conspiratorial side where it's actually like aliens that are like controlling people's minds and, you know, they actually engineered our DNA to turn us into slaves to mine their gold and now they're still controlling the world from under the ground there's people that believe that right um that one guy that blew himself up in was it tennessee Kabur? he oh he, it was like uh downtown uh yeah. during christmas yeah like yeah he tried to blow up like the comcast building uh, i think, I think the it AT&T was building. or at&t yeah. building yeah well he he believed in reptilian aliens running the world and that's where a lot of this stuff you know if you it comes from like david ike and all that stuff. So when the Great Reset came out, they, of course, tried to tie that in, you know, and it was during COVID. So it was all about, well, the great, you know, they manufactured COVID. 5G is actually what is the catalyst, the frequencies from 5G, like, they, you know, they, they spread out COVID and then the 5G frequencies ignite it in your body and then they're going to, you know, inject microchips with the vaccine right so this was all part of kind of this great reset uh conspiracy okay now but the great reset is really a real thing that is kind of 
when you dig down deep into what they're trying to do or what they are doing, actually, uh, through kind of corporate manipulation of governmental bodies, it is kind of kind of uh, fishy. Right. Like but they do it in this kind of they present it in this very um, uh, what's the word like a magnanimous way, like they, they're trying to help us. OK, so even if you go to the World Economic Forum's website, it's all about, you know, how can we decrease poverty? How can we increase the you know food for people? How can we, you know, uh, create better medicine? But then when you read some of these quotes by people, especially the, like the, you know, the supervillain Klaus Schwab. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was supposed to look him up. Who is also a descendant of the Rothschilds, just saying. His mom was a Rothschild, I think it was. Is he related to Charles Schwab? <laughs> no, he's not, though. Oh, he does look like a, a supervillain, though. Doesn't he? Yeah. And he's, you know, in his book about COVID-19 when he, back in 2020, he, he mentioned... Like the opportunity, he kept calling it an opportunity like 24 times in the book. Like this is an opportunity for us to reshape capitalism. This is an opportunity for us to reshape medicine so and don't healthcare. Don't let it go to waste. Exactly. Good opportunity. Yeah. yeah. You know, instead of like the mil- millions of people are dying and he's writing a book about the opportunity of COVID, right? Um, but what they're doing is they're, they're creating these kind of uh, – the one they're getting rid of, like the kind of the sovereign power of, of countries, and they're creating these private, these public private entities, right? Even in the UN, that are gaining power without voter, uh, like you know, not regulations, but without being, would not voted in power, I should say. So you have all these kind of corporate entities that are influencing governments that are gaining even more power that have no, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Paul? No. Accountability. Okay. <laughs> I knew you knew. Yeah. I just had to throw it you. Uh, no accountability from us. You know, they're making all these decisions. And it's interesting because we think about like kind of the, the, you know, bringing it back to the James Bond villain kind of thing or the secret cabal. Like they're meeting up in this mountain, you know, and like this big castle. And ha- but that's kind of what Davos is. It's like in this luxury hotel in Switzerland <laughs> up in the mountains, you know, they're fly- they literally have traffic jams with their private jets. Like, what, what do you mean? Like in the skies or something? Like all the flights got to be re to Yeah, like there's or, too many coming in at one time, the, and they're like, the airport, hey, like, hey, slow down. Yeah, like, I think they yeah, have like a yeah. private airport they fly into, um, which is what you know, because then they'll come in and talk about we, we need to do something about climate change. It's like they all <laughs> flew in on private jets. Yeah, that's always the thing. Uh, like I love with uh, Greta Thunberg, where she's like, I'm going to take my boat right. if you're going to invite me someplace. Yeah. But like you know, it's like hey, Greta, we'll fly you out. It's yeah, great. I know, and even. I saw a video with her and she was even talking about because she's she's been to Davos. She's been, yeah. you know, she gets trotted all around the world. And like, I think she's starting to wake up to the fact that they're all just paying her lip service. Yeah. Right. Because I saw a video where she was talking. She was like a little edited video of her meeting with all these big wigs from around the world. Yeah. And she's talking about, you know, I thought when I was meeting with these people that 
They wanted to actually change. Yeah. You know, change the world. But no, all they want to do is take pictures with me. Yeah, photo ops. Yeah. yeah. It's just photo ops, you know. And they create these these little groups of, you know, the youth for climate change and, and you not, know, these little Benetton ad commercial like this, kind the of scales kind of tipped. It, it, she loses credibility because she's seen with all of these yeah. known polluters mm-hmm. and capitalists yep. and their credibility gets raised because they're seen with green activist Greta yep. Thunberg. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've talked about the show before, too. It's like it, and I get to where the conspiracy theorists come up with some of these ideas because when you dig into the projects and what they're trying to accomplish, it does sound, you know, I, I don't know if shady is the right word because on the surface, it sounds great. It's like, okay, you want to help people. You want to help impoverished people. You want to make medicine available for everybody. You want to create a more, you know, more equity around the world. But then when you dig deeper, it's like, well, how are you doing it? They want to circumvent government. They want more deregulation. They want less accountability. They want more power. And they're doing it. I mean, like I looked up and I found this article. Uh, We'll take a quick break and I'll get into it. But it's the four neat tricks corporation used to take over the world. That and much more when we come back with Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. Today I'm talking about, you know, what happened in the New World Order, man. I thought by now we'd have a one world government. I wouldn't need a passport. <laughs> you know, so what, be just a, the fingerprint scanning. Global, and, yeah, global citizen. Yeah. Um, they would, I would I think it would eliminate war, right? If there was just well, one government, how would you have a war with each other? Corporation wars. Corporation wars. Yeah. See, you got it. And you know corporations have their own militaries and everything. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Dude, corporations are wild, man. I wouldn't mess with the, the <laughs> Disney Marines. The Disney Marines. <laughs> no, man, the Google Navy. The Google Navy, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you think like <laughs> – well, I mean, there's a lot of what they're trying to do. It's like they're trying to turn – I could foresee a future – where corporations are the nation states, right? I mean, look, Facebook comes up with its own currency, the Libra currency, cryptocurrency. And especially now with digital currencies, you're going to have more opportunities for these corporations to develop their own, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I found this list, though. I'll just read a little bit about it because it's, it's kind of scary, but very interesting about how these – the four neat tricks corporations use to take over the world. I got it from uh, Nova – Nova Remedia. One is corporate justice. Okay, so there's this system that I had never heard of called ISDS, which is the Investor State Dispute Settlement System, which enables multinational corporations and foreign investors to challenge entire countries at obscure but powerful international tribunals. And basically, they can do it for anything they claim threatens their rights under international investment and trade treaties. They've already used the system to challenge environmental regulations, taxes they don't want to pay, wide range of other state actions. And I just found it interesting that there's a private tribunal that handles these things that we've never heard of, right? Um, I guess in in El Salvador, Australian Canadian mining company threatened the poor country with a giant bill, but it was also delaying further action to protect the environment and already stressed water resources. 
and they utilized the the ISDS to kind of you know vote in their favor so they could do what they want in El Salvador. Um, and there's a bunch of other examples if you want to look it up. Uh, corporate welfare is another way, which we know about corporate welfare, right? Because this, <laughs> I mean, this country is the 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 corporate welfare state. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people complain about you know individual welfare. It's like complain about corporate welfare. Jeez. <laughs> Who needs a bailout? Right. You know, I mean, people get mad at, you know, like how how much is, uh, you know, Google or Facebook or any of these people paying in taxes? Right. Yeah. So we don't really need to uh, examine that as well. Except the only thing that it it reminded me of was I was thinking of Elon Musk because he doesn't really pay any taxes either. But how like Elon Musk kind of fancies himself as like a Tony Starks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he wasn't invited to Davos. Right. So like now you have like this Tony Stark's guy and then you have this you have Klaus Schwab is like the, the supervillain. You know, you have this, Why wasn't he invited? Because he's he's uh, I guess he's not, not rich enough or not cool enough. Or? They don't like his anti-woke policies, I guess. OK, it's <laughs> something like that. Uh, he's too he's too radical, man, for the other rich people. Um, corporate utopias. Did you know about corporate utopias? No. So around the world are territories of nation states that have been carved up into various zones that privilege corporate interests and insulate them against democracy. They're called, well, they include special economic zones or SEZ where normal rules and regulations don't apply from tax rates to labor laws um, they have increasingly large gated communities where elites, you know, withdraw from the cities and democratic processes so they don't have to vote or they don't, you know, they don't get charged taxes. They're tax havens. Um, in Myanmar, there were some small-scale farmers who lost their land and livelihoods to the expansion of an SEZ. This is also another thing that's happening with these corporations. They're doing these huge land grabs, especially in third world countries, either for SEZs or for like carbon capture. You know, they utilize kind of the green economy and say, well, we're helping. And a lot of these are like big oil companies. So, you know, we talked about on the show before. It's like, yes, these it's like the same companies that destroyed the earth are the ones that are now like acting like they're going to save us. But in reality, it's just it's all power grab. It's all like money way to take over land um a lot of indigenous people are getting kicked out of their um, their areas to to take over there's like tons of stuff like that um there's also the world bank has produced dozens of reports studying and promoting SEZs, along with investing in private businesses and oh and then the reason too i brought this up was because we talked about the military there's corporate armies if you didn't know. Okay. Well, we were joking about that. <laughs> yeah. It said they've had, you know, and they've utilized private com- um, private armies for a long time. I guess even back, you know, the United Fruit Company, which is now known as Chiquita, um, where they've created and deposed governments. They've ruled vast plantations with free with a free hand. Um, and this still happens today. Chiquita, in fact, admitted paying paramilitaries many times in the 1990s to the through the 2000s and is implicated again in attacks against those in opposition and plantation expansions in Colombia. So this, you know, from uh, Israel, Palestine to southern Europe and back to the UK, there's 
father expansion of uh, private control over border security, immigration detention, asylum systems. And then this was an interesting thing that I never knew. The Beretta. Did you know Beretta was like a family gun company? Family gun company? Yeah. It's the Beretta family. It's an Italian. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, like, it's guns for people that are in families. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Um, great TV show back in the day, too. Beretta. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. But it, I didn't know and, that and, it and emerged a nice in Chevy, the. Right? the yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it emerged in the seventh, 16th century. Beretta? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm thinking when you're saying like the Beretta family, I was thinking like, yeah, the Beretta family. We, uh, you know, import guns. We, uh... yeah, right. Well, yeah, kind of, that's kind of what it was. Giuseppe Beretta. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now that I've upset every Italian hey, uh, person here. I'm half Italian, so it's, it's all right. I'll let it slide. Um, right. But yeah, there's, <laughs> but this gets into, um, you know, just more ways that there's these different kind of corporate takeovers and, you know, which leads into, which I wanted to get into, too, was the different ways that technology is helping. Right. So especially since the pandemic, but even before this is stuff they were working on, I think it just through, you know, having kind of lockdowns and abilities to test technologies that they wouldn't have been able to test now we're getting even deeper into kind of uh, the, you know, Skynet kind of era, you know, with uh, 5G, robotics, AI. This is all something, too, that the World Economic Forum is pushing. Like, they're loving it, you know. The other kind of scary thing, too, is like Klaus Schwab is a big fan of China and how, like, China runs things. And he loves, like, their form of capitalism, uh, which is kind of a strange thing. But. I just thought that was kind of interesting reading about because he has tons of quotes where he praises them and the way they do things. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, what they're trying to do as far as utilizing, you know, 5G, basically. A lot of people think, well, it's just a either either the conspiracy theorists think it's, you know, it's killing us all or the other side thinks it's just a step up from 4G. Right. But 5G is really more about IoT, which is the Internet of Things. OK, and it's about. It, yeah. Well, the Internet of Things is about thing to thing communication. OK, so like your computer com communicating with your phone or communicating with your, uh, you know, your your I home device. I got you now. You know okay, what I mean? OK, OK. Sorry. It's like the Internet of Things. I'm like, that sounds like the most made up sort it, of. But that's actually what yeah, they call no, but it. I yeah. get it now. It's like all of your devices. Uh, how yeah. are they communicating? How are they? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. With with 5G, that's what implements that and makes it even more easy and readily available. So this will work in conjunction with robots and AI and surveillance, right? So we are living in a, in a time where surveillance is increasing vastly. I mean, I brought up China. That's already like the number one surveilled state. Um, England, the U.S. is right there. And now with you have robotics. I mean, you already had... In NYC, they brought out their first actual cop robot. Now, if, at right now, it's just a, a mechanism that sits in the subway and supposedly just helps people with directions. But it also has a camera and a microphone and is basically kind of a surveillance thing. Now, as we increase the amount of 
robots, <laughs> it sounds strange to say, but there are going to be more and more robots on the streets, in, in factories, in terminals. These connect also with 5G. A lot of these corporations are going to start using AI to replace certain infrastructures, certain uh, kind of groups of, of jobs. I mean, that's the whole thing with, um, you know, the writer strike and everything, right? Because they didn't want AI replacing them to, as, you know, Hollywood writers. The same thing is happening. And these bigwigs at the top who want to kind of change capitalism into, you know, the, you know, the bringing about the fourth industrial revolution it's all really, you know, on one on the right side they're going to say, oh, they're, they're trying to, it's a communist plot. They're trying to take a, you know, blah 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 blah. And it's it's, but it's really capitalism. Man. I mean, it's really just another form of how do we make more money now that this phase of capitalism is dying, right? And with all these new technologies, I mean, with biometrics and robotics and AI, it's allowing them to kind of increase their capital with less uh, workers, less payouts, and and more surveillance. So it's kind of an interesting time, a little scary time to be in right now. But if you pay attention, you see what's happening. And there are, you know, and, and a, little, a little good news, there are the developing countries that are gaining more power, like the G77, right, instead of the G8 and all that and the G20, you have the G77, which are like the lower half countries that are starting to get more industry, and they're pushing back in the UN against a lot of these kind of uh, multinational corporations. Who's in the G77? Like, can you like throw a name at me? <laughs> I mean, I think it's like the Honduras, El Salvador, places like that. You okay. know, a lot of like South America, African countries. Okay. Um, I believe Kenya. These I was different wondering things. if it was like the ones like like Luxembourg or Liechtenstein, and it's like, oh come on, you're not yeah, even right. an economic. No. You know? Those are no, Luxembourg. <laughs> Luxembourg is like they're in their own stratosphere, it's what I'm right? Saying. Yeah. It's like that. We don't need you guys. Yeah, exactly. They're not even in the G8. They're Our like, what? Mountain community alone. You're the richest people in the world. Yeah. We don't answer to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to our callers. And we'll be back again next week and every Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. right here on WCBTH 20 Think Theory Radio. Oh, 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 o